The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that I'll warn you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. And by the way, we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight, or na- straight and narrow. So if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty Radio.com and Sons of Liberty Media.com. In fact, if you head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio. You scroll down right there on the right side of the page, and we are going live. All you got to do is hit the play button, and uh, you'll be able to see the face that's made for radio. That's right. Uh, Just right there on the right side of the page. And also, while you're there, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. We don't rent your email. We don't sell it. We don't spam you. You get one email a night with all the articles that we have on sonsoflibertymedia.com. And uh, also, while you're there, if you feel so led to do so, please help us out. We have needs that have to be met monetarily to make everything go, not just on radio and Internet, but as uh, Bradley's family travel the United States and teach people about their Christian constitutional heritage. That costs a lot of money. So we let you know we have needs. If you can help meet those needs and you'd like to do so, there's a donate button right at the top of the page. Also, if you would like to become a monthly partner with us, we call them our Sons and Daughters of Liberty. You can click the button to become a Son or Daughter of Liberty there on the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then also, if you'd like to pick up some T-shirts, hats, coffee mugs. People love the new coffee mugs that we've got, the Resistance to Tyranny uh, coffee mugs. Um, or water bottles or books. And we even have Bradley's My War DVD series in there. You can pick those up in our store. That button's also available there at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can also catch our live video feed on Twitter at BradleyDean1, Periscope and Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, Facebook at BradleyDeanSOL. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, but I'm not on there, at BradleyDean on YouTube. Beforeitsnews.com, we're on the front page there. DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty, and also Cutting Edge TV at, uh, on Roku. And then the phone lines are open this morning. 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Now, we got a show this morning. (laughs) I'm supposed to have 
Dr. Corbett and Kate on. And I just called Kate and she said she's logging in and she's not in yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a little introduction here about something that I posted yesterday that should be of interest to you while we're waiting on them to log in. I don't know what the holdup is, but uh, they'll come in. They're not off an hour like they were the last time that we had a a significant uh, miss with them logging in. I talked to you about <clears throat> using personally using chlorine dioxide, and here comes Kate. Uh, and I was going to make mention of this anyway, because I think it's very important for people to understand. You've been told all kinds of, you know, stuff that you can use and things that you can do, and um, you know, to take care of various illnesses. Okay. Now, I'm not going to claim there's a cure. I'm not going to claim any kind of medical medical advice. So if you need medical advice, go see your doctor. I'm giving you this as information only. But a lot of you have come to me on Facebook and sent me emails and called and all this other. And you said, where do I get this this um, this chlorine dioxide that you talk, talk about? Well, if you go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, you go right to the top of the page. There is <clears throat> a big... It's it's a slider there that slides through some stories. One of them is called the Universal Antidote Chlorine Dioxide Documentary. Now, this is for information purposes only. I'm going to stress that. You have to be wise enough to make up your own mind what you do with the information. <clears throat> but I can tell you this, uh, just my own experience, I have found that this stuff is is pretty incredible how it works and I don't even, I didn't even have the information that's going to be in this article. Now my friend Bill Evans we've had on, he started the the uh, website called healthforalloflife.com and he's also paid a guy who we're trying to get on the radio show, uh, Dr. Jason Garwood to produce this book here, Health for All of Life. It's the book and it is uh it, it's really kingdom driven in the fact that it's designed to come alongside <clears throat> those who are looking to build the kingdom of God. That's, that's it. And um, <clears throat> part of what you're going to find in this article is the fact that there is a documentary that's been produced. Now, it has subtitles, um, and if I'm, mis- if I'm not mistaken, this is in English anyway, but it does have subtitles, and you can watch it. It's about two hours long. You're going to find where there are Christians who went into Muslim areas who wanted to to speak to the people about Jesus, and the Muslim guys wouldn't let them wouldn't let them speak to them. They said, "Well, would you mind if we help you know take care of the health of your people?" And they said, "Sure, you can do that." So they went and uh, they began to administer to them chlorine dioxide, uh, and as a result of that. Um, they were able to heal lots of the people there in the villages. And as a result of that, the guy said, now you can tell the people about Jesus. Because they were sort of amazed that these guys could come in and do these kinds of things. Now, one of the interesting things that I didn't have before, and we had Carrie Rivera on, if you remember her, to talk about her use of chlorine dioxide with children who had autism, including her own child. One of the things that we have here that I included in here is an 80-page interactive reference guidebook. And um, so, again, this is all for information for you guys who've been asking for it. There's also a link 
just above the video right here where you can go and purchase chlorine dioxide if you want to try it. It's about $42, right at $50 in shipping, whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> if you want to do that, that's up to you, but it's an information uh, thing, and I think it's I think it's very valuable in these days. That's just my personal opinion, um, and you can do with it what you want to with the information that's there. Now, with that said, we're going to get on to the show, and my good friends from the UK, Kate Shimarani, our health and wellness expert, and also Dr. Kevin Corbett are joining us this morning. Good, good morning, guys. Good morning. Morning. I got my Sons of Liberty T-shirt on. <laughs> All right, wait. I got to change. I got to change over. Okay, you got to show it off now. <laughs> you ready? There you go. <clears throat> we got to get Kevin. Da, on. Da, da. Resistance. Yeah, Kevin. I, I've got a blue one. I can give to Kevin. Okay. okay. Yeah, we'll have to get Kevin on because he's always dressed. He he's always Kevin's the posh guy. Posh. Yeah, he's the posh guy. <laughs> well, it's great that you guys joined us, and uh, we've got a lot of information to cover. We this earlier this week, in fact, yesterday, I covered um, the IPAC report in which they were calling out the CDC, and they were basically saying that they had acted criminally against federal law, and they laid out the timeline for how they violated uh, federal law. Nobody's been held accountable. We. Uh, as a result of that, and we've talked about not isolating the quote-unquote virus, I think we're going to talk a little bit about something about that, about proof of the virus uh, the, today. And we also had the, the head of the Chinese CDC come out and say they never isolated the virus. And so there's obvious questions that flow from that. If you don't isolate the virus, how then do you formulate a vaccine for said virus? Uh, if you're formulating a vaccine without it being isolated, then don't you run into all kinds of problems like we're seeing now. We're seeing lots of adverse uh, effects take place. We're seeing lots of people die. We just had another lady uh, yesterday that was reported out of Gloucester, Virginia, I believe is, is where it was. And uh, she had died at just shortly after she received the vaccine. Shortness of breath, gone. Uh, there was another healthcare. care uh, guy who did x-rays that we saw the other day and then over in the neighboring county another person died like within days of each other of uh, the Moderna va vaccine and he I think he had the Pfizer so we're seeing these things and a lot of this isn't making out in the mainstream news you're picking it up here and there from local news and such and so you guys have a similar problem if not worse over in the UK do you want to one of you guys want to start off and tell us about that and uh, well, first of all, Tim, I want to say you're looking incredibly refreshed and fabulous. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, um, before we go on, because this this is um, this is really tyrannical times, and going with what you're saying about the the virus um, not being isolated, and how could we make a vaccine? There is, as we know, suicides are climbing, and even one of our wonderful um, gentlemen, who's been an absolute voice of all this, Dr. Vernon Coleman even was seen breaking down on a video um, with what is happening. And for a lot of people that are looking to us that are speaking out um, for strength, there's a lot of people who are really concerned when they see any of us waver, then that can sometimes break people. So I just wanted to just say one thing before we start. This is Matthew 11, 28, 29. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. And this is from 1 Timothy 2.8. 
I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. And um, I think Amen. that's quite pertinent today. Um, I, I know that Dr. Corbett will give amazing insight in a minute, and I am completely in awe of him, even a conversation we had this morning. But what I will say, what we're seeing in the UK is many, many, many adverse reactions. And we're hearing all over the world how different countries have stopped the Pfizer vaccine. And yet, um, this is being pushed ahead here in the UK. And then we have the pimping horse, uh, um, mainstream media, who are now stating that in the UK, uh, we can't come out of lockdown unless everyone over 50 years of age has had the vaccine. And that has very uh, strong implications uh, for all of us. Uh, and um, also, I heard some very um, worrying information. And this actually came from somewhere that's very close to me, that I have no reason to dispute it from another registered nurse that um, they had had the vaccine themselves. They become so sick with tachycardia that they had to seek emergency medical attention. Tachycardia means when your heart races and they thought they were having a heart attack. And if we actually look at the PEG compounds, one of the side effects of that is, is tachycardia. And they're now saying as well that the long-term adverse uh, reactions from this vaccine are cardiac problems and damage to the heart. Now, that particular registered nurse also stated that when they see people in the nursing home um, getting sick with fluid in their lungs, they're given morphine and they die. So we know this is happening. And yet this is being pushed ahead, ahead, ahead. And I had another lady who works as a care assistant for private companies and they're telling them also they must have a test, continually being tested, and that they now need the vaccine. So absolute coercion is being used here to deliver something which has not had the phase three trials done. Dr. Kevin Corbett and I were talking about this this morning. This Pfizer vaccine, they are doing the trials all alongside one another. Phase three is still being done, which means it's not being tested which means we are now the experiment, which goes against the Nuremberg Code. And um, the, the effects of it, the, the videos that are coming in are horrific. And I have no need to dispute them now. I myself filmed with um, ITV Wales and I received an email yesterday from them because they hadn't researched and they didn't know what the Yeadon and Wodark petition that was put into the European Medicines Agency was. And Dr. Yeadon was a senior research scientist with Pfizer. And what this ITV news have come back and said is that it was discredited, that Yeadon's been discredited and he wasn't worth Pfizer vaccine. So even when presented with facts, what we have here is mainstream media are now very much complicit in the crime of terrorising the public, which goes against the Terrorism Act, in, in an attempt to ensure that everyone in the UK is vaccinated with a medical device. It does not, um, it does not fulfil the definition of a vaccine, that it will stimulate an immune response and that it will stop transmission. And we've been told it doesn't do that anyway, but it does, however, fulfil the definition of a device. 
So what we see is that people are being bullied, threatened, made fearful, terrified in order to roll out this device that is untested and is clearly very dangerous. Over to you, Kevin. Well, Tim, you mentioned the um, resurgence of these questions about isolation of the virus in your introduction. And, and these are very important issues, and I've covered them ad nauseum, really, <laughs> at length. And, you know, they're the same issues that came up 40 years ago with HIV and, again, with every other so-called viral epidemic that they've tried to kickstart in the years in between HIV and SARS-CoV-2. And basically, you know, one set of scientists will say, oh, it's been isolated, here it is, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got a whole spectrum of opinion and the other end of the spectrum saying, no, it hasn't. And what they what what we've got to bear in mind here is what do they mean by isolation? And genetic virologists, when they talk about isolation, they actually mean um, identification of a set of genetic markers or genetic codes or genes. Whereas classical virology will talk about purification of an entity, an organism, something that has a form, a morphology. Now, viruses in the textbooks don't have the sort of living organism that a bacteria or we have. They don't tend to have a... The, the metabolic function is, is lacking. They are genetic material. And that's really, even if you understand what's called a virus, as the virological textbooks describe it to us. And there's great debates over what is a virus and is, is the material that scientists say are, is a virus, is it part of our own genetic material that's released from cells, that moves between cells? And is it part of the arc, internal architecture of our cells, the microvesicles or the exosomes or whatever you want to call it? There's a huge array of material within our cells that moves, that transports itself, that metamorphizes itself. And these are the elements that these tests are said to pick up. So there's great debate about isolation, and there should be, because this is the Achilles heel of the whole thing. It hinges on that PCR test and what it actually tests for and how it tests. And does it test in the same way from one test to the next? And the answer to all those questions is this great debate. Uncertainty over it, huge uncertainty. Peter Borger and 21 other colleagues published a paper in December last year taking apart the Corman-Drosten PCR test for COVID-19, for SARS-CoV-2. They took it apart piece by piece, the primers, the probes, the whole thing, deconstructed it and showed, even within the terms of reference, that you believe in SARS-CoV-2 and that it has been isolated. That test does not work properly, even within those terms of reference. So you don't even have to question it in terms of its existence to 
to show that that test is fraudulent, should never have been fast-tracked into health services, and doesn't test the same way from one person to the next. It's totally inaccurate and should never have been used. Now, that test is what's been fast-tracked across the world, really. And that's the, the issue here with that test now, is even within the terms of reference in in terms of believing in the virus, it doesn't work properly. Now, if you look at what they talk about in the original paper, the Corman-Drosten paper from last January 2020, they said that they did not have live virus from patients when they developed that test. So they did not have isolates from Chinese patients. They had a genetic code that was incomplete They did not have all the genetic elements of that virus. So what do they do? And what what genetic virology has done in the last 20 years is to develop sophisticated computer algorithms whereby they extrapolate from the genetic markers they have already the rest that's missing. It's called in silico modeling. So this is a modeled virus that was used to develop the PCR test, a model of what the computer algorithm thought should be there. And that is really highly suspect. And in the, the Borger et al. paper from last December, the first major question they had over the PCR test was that it's an in silico model virus that was used to develop that test. But Dr. Corbett, let me let me interrupt you just to ask the question here. So if they're you're telling me they base <clears throat> their PCR test off a computer model that can only develop that model by the information they put in and they had incomplete information to put in there, so their model's incomplete too. Is that correct? Well, in a nutshell, yes. You could argue that very carefully. Uh, that that is incorrect. Another person who doesn't know anything about this would say it's all made up or it's a hoax. You know, if you're being accurate scientifically, you'd say it's an in silico model virus that was used to develop that test. That's fact. Corman Drosten said that in their paper. They did not have purified live virus from patients to develop that test. Now, they argue... Since that time, that was January last year, they have had viral isolates. But the viral isolates that they've had since, they compared it with the performance of that original test methodology, and it doesn't really add up. So there's still huge debates about the existential issues over that virus, about its existence. And the authorities across the world like to just, you know, Forget that. Let's just forget, oh, yes, it's there. We we have a genetic code. It's all watertight. No, no, no. Let's go back to that paper, January 2020, in Eurosurveillance. That journal has just rebuffed the Borger et al. paper, taking apart the original test, with very spurious arguments. They got five experts to review the paper, and they've rejected it. Now... They've, they haven't actually come back to every point that Borger et al. raised. I think there was over 15 major issues there. But the issue of the in silico modeling, what they said, the reviewers of that paper, they said 
In silico modeling is how the whole of genetic medicine works. So, you know, if that's wrong, the whole paradigm's wrong. And that's a very significant, very significant point there. Yes, the whole paradigm's wrong. If your test performance doesn't, isn't underwritten by a purified virus, you cannot validate those amplification cycles, the outputs from those amplification cycles in the PCR. And that's exactly where we are now. We're in a situation now, Tim, where the technology has overtaken us. This is very well known from the 1950s. A philosopher called Jacques Allure, a French philosopher, far more important than Michel Foucault. Jacques Allure talked about the technological society. He talked about autonomous technology, technology as technique that overtakes the human. And it transfers everything onto the human and it desacralizes nature and it desacralizes the human being. So everything becomes sacrificed to technique. Now, aren't we just in that situation now where we've got this runaway technology that's finding wild strains in Kent and South Africa and God knows where else, Iceland, the North Pole would be the moon next. It's absolutely gone ahead of itself because it's unchecked, unreined, and not underwritten by the material reality. That viral genetic code is a code. It's not underwritten by a morphology, a form, a purified agent that we know is transmissible. And many, many virologists have said this over the years. Uh, Kalisher, oh, there's so many. There's at least 20 that I've got in a paper that have said that you, you know, the genetic markers might be useful to develop technology and tests, but they've got to be underwritten by cautious postulates, evidence of transmissible virus. And the makers of that test, Corman Drossman View, should really be facing a court of law because they've released that test onto the world without purified virus, without proper validation. And that the editors, the editorial panel of Eurosurveillance are also complicit in this because they're hiding the fact now. They're trying to cover it over. There will be massive litigation in the years to come over this when it all comes out into the public domain. And what's happening in, within the public domain, Tim, is this. You've got two, two forces here. You've got a sort of this infrastructure of medical science that's been overtaken by the technology, the autonomous technology, and is producing disease. It's called iatrogenesis. It's a medical system that produces disease. So people have been made fearful of every common symptom, just like in the AIDS era, gay men, drug users, black Africans were made fearful of every lump that they had or the sore throat or cough. And now this is right across the populations. They've been made fearful. So the minute they get a flu or a cold, they drive into a test center and they're tested with these PCR tests 
that really are only giving a lot of false positives or even testing their own genetic material and reporting as positive for SARS-CoV-2 when that may not be the case because the test hasn't been underwritten in the way I described. So that's where we are. We've got this iatrogenic, this medical system producing diagnoses and then, you know, your neighbour saying, oh, I know somebody's had it. My, my grandmother's just had it. She's been told she's got it. So through the social network, you get this creation of a disease category. Sociogenic, it's called. Sociogenesis. Where the social sphere, the social networks, create the fear that the medical networks have created. They resonate the fear and they echo it out into the populations. So iatrogenesis and sociogenesis are the mechanisms by where this is spreading. Let me me interject here just a second. Pseudo-epidemic based on false positive PCR testing. That's the term that Mike Eden and Claire Craig in this country have used in the United Kingdom. Let me me interject something here uh, because in explaining this, if we break it down very simply, we're just going that there has been a, a major fraud that's been committed against the people of the world. Not just here in the United States, not just there in the UK, but we've been told certain things. Now, when you're talking about the science, the technology taking over, I tend to think of what Paul warned Timothy about. He he talked about science falsely so-called. And so what what we've seen is that the people have moved away from uh, the creator, and they've moved away from what we've talked about, about you know, naturopathic met- methods of making people healthy by uh, strengthening their immune systems, eating properly, and things of this nature. And now we've gone to a pill-based kind of society, syntheticism, and now we're talking about technologies to where we go in and sort of, oh, maybe your genetic code wasn't right, so we can just take this little code out. We can put, we're starting to try to play the creator I- issue instead yeah. of following the creator, thinking his thoughts after him, as a great theologian said. And, uh, and, and we're getting ourselves in a pickle here. So let me ask you this. We're, you've explained kind of what I was pointing to yesterday with the CDC and that document that came out that listed the timeline, their violations of federal law by changing from a symptom base to a test, which was the PCR, which the creator of that, I played the video of that, he said, you know, you can find anything you want to with that test as mm-hmm. long as you ramp it up. And then the great John Rappaport wrote the, re- the way they're mm-hmm. going to make the vaccine look like it works, is they're just going to dial yeah. back the, the cycles on the PCR test and That's say, right. voila. Yeah. So we, yeah. we see that. What's going on there? I don't know if you or Kate want to hit this. What's going on there in the UK? Because, again, we've seen some stuff happening. And, again, some guy said, well, you don't have any scientific evidence that somebody took a vaccine and it killed them. Okay, I didn't say that I did, but what I mm-hmm. said was they got they were fine before they took the vaccine. They took the vaccine and now they're dead. And there mm-hmm. are well, I, I think I think what what is happening here is um, going back to what Kevin's saying. We have this thing in the UK where let, let's just quickly look at cancer because cancer is another. Uh, uh, it's a thing that happens as you get older, your cell becomes, uh, the DNA becomes damaged. And unless your immunity repairs it or kills that cell, it divides. Then you have, you know, you've got a mutation, keeps on divide, dividing, and then you get a palpable detectable tumor. But because it generates so much money, which it does, huge amount, over $600 billion profit when I looked at it a few years ago, just in the drugs alone, 
And when you think every cancer patient in the UK, I believe is worth something like um, 30, 30 or 20 or 30,000 pounds. Mm. So what happens is when you go and have your cancer treatment, um, when you have your chemotherapy, they have a bell in the mm. ward. And when you have your last treatment, you get to ring the bell and everyone thinks you're a hero. Yay. Now they've gone a step further. You even get a certificate. You get yeah. a certificate. So they've made it into something. So they talk about grueling treatment, fought a brave battle. Mm. These were statements that were thought up to make this a war, a war on something outside of your body. You know, yeah. cancer, we're coming to get you. It's not outside of your body. It's your own cells. And we were locked and loaded with that gun called vaccines. When we were babies, we had all these vaccinations fired into us, which they are which they have tumorigenic immortalized cell lines in and everything else that's in them to break down our immunity to stop the process of either repairing DNA or killing that cell apoptosis to stop us getting cancer. It's exactly what Kevin's talking about. This is iatrogenic. That's exactly what it is. It's disease causing. But what they've done is they've um, created this, this thing where it's, it's cool. It's cool to fight cancer. You are a warrior. When yeah. you've done your chemotherapy, you get a certificate, you ring a bell. You're a warrior. Everybody talks about having it like it's, it's a badge mm-hmm. of honor. And, yeah. and then everyone celebrates them with race to life and wearing a pink wig. Yeah. And this is what is happening now with COVID-19. You've got people going and having tests and they're announcing it like it's another badge of honor. I've got COVID. I've had COVID. I've survived COVID. I even heard a neighbor not far from me saying, my wife's on the COVID team. We've even got a COVID team. So now it's another thing which is giving people purpose. It's giving them something that they've achieved in their life. Sorry to state and you know name the elephant in the room here, but this is exactly what is happening. And this is a Trojan horse. Everyone's talking about the virus, now it's everyone's talking about the test. Now we're all talking about the vaccine. But we all know what this is. We've got Elon Musk now, one of the richest people, talking about how he's going to fuse us all with his technology, his, um, all of his things that are up in the sky. So we know what this is. It's literally about trashing everything, one world government, chip and pin. You ain't going nowhere unless you subscribe to it. And that's what's going to happen. Oh, and by the way, there's far too many of you. So we're going to give you something else that's going to get you really sick. And we're just going to say it's pure by chance if you drop dead. Now, both Kevin and I will know. Sorry, Dr. Corbett. I'm using his title because that is his title. And years of study. And as you can all see, he's earned that and he deserves to, uh, to be called that. So Dr. Corbett has already said, you know, what, what they're, um, they're doing everywhere is is they're giving out this vaccine, but we know that in our years in nursing, if you died within 24 hours of having any procedure done to you in a hospital or, you know, you've been discharged, you would, there would have to be an autopsy. It would have to be investigated to rule out beyond all reasonable doubt that that procedure that was done to you wasn't the cause of your death. Oh, now that's all gone in the bin. Because as long as they put COVID-19 down, you're not going to be getting 
any inquiry or any autopsy, they can literally, it's a license to kill you. That's what it is. And also these vaccines, as we know, let's not call them vaccines anymore, because as soon as we say vaccines, we've lost our argument. These devices that are going to go into your ribosomes and in your cells and start making their own viral components, which they are, so that when your body then comes into contact with this virus from who knows where, are they going to inject it? Are they going to spray it? But when they come into contact with it, your body's going to then automatically start an immune response, but then it's going to go, oh, hang on a minute. I've got that, those same viral components already in my own organs. And then you're going to start an immune response against yourself, which is going to present like sepsis. And then you're going to go into organ failure. So there's no liability. There's no liability of the makers or the ones giving it. So there is a crime being committed here everywhere. But you've got everybody running around like headless chickens going, well, I don't know, who, who do we do for this? Who's going to, who, who's responsible for this? Folks, we're responsible. We're responsible for our own body. Amen. It's our sovereign right. This is our body from the creator. What they want to do to you makes you not of the creator. And that can only bring with it everything that is dark and evil and sinister. So this is, it's not just a war on a virus. This is a war on our minds. This is just like uh, what Dr. Kevin Corbett and I were talking about this morning. The Red Army used their torture techniques, the three Ds. But look what they did during communism. They got rid of the four olds and they made the young hate everything that was old and bourgeois. And that's what's happening now. This is another technique in the UK. Everyone over 50 has got to be vaccinated or the rest of you aren't getting out. What do you think that's going to do? We already have a culture where the young don't like the old. They see them as smelly, old, revolting. They don't want to touch them. They don't want to have them around. Let's shove them all in a nursing home. Well, now you've got the young are going to think it's their fault. It's those 50-year-olds and up that are stopping us from getting out and getting back to normal. It's so clever. It's absolute terrorism onto your mind body and soul. I agree. I agree it is. And, uh, you know, the Bible tells us that there's wisdom in the hoary head. They shouldn't be looked at as somebody to be cast aside, somebody who is uh, unprofitable. They have years of wisdom. Most of them do. Some of them are still foolish. I get it. But most of them have wisdom from living on this earth. They, they That wisdom should be passed down. And so young people should be paying attention to that wisdom. They should be listening to those who have gray hair, who are older, who are more experienced. They should be listening to them. I got a question for you guys. We had um, uh, Bill Gates come out and put out this uh, this quick video. I'm going to play at least a portion of it here. I would, I'd like to get you guys to comment on it as to um, what he's saying here. He basically says, when it comes to preventing pandemics, and this is uh, this is his tweet, when it comes to preventing pandemics, scientific tools alone aren't enough. We also need new capabilities, including a global alert system, a global alert system, and infectious disease first responders, or what I like to call a pandemic fire squad. Here's Bill Gates. We all want to return to the way things were before COVID-19, but there's one area where I hope we never go back our complacency about pandemics. We can get ahead of infectious disease outbreaks. By the next pandemic, I believe we can have what I call mega testing diagnostic platforms. 
they can be deployed quickly, cost very little, and test 20% of the entire population every week. We also want to get treatments out far faster next time. One of the most promising is monoclonal antibodies. These manufactured antibodies grab onto the virus and disable it just like your immune system and can reduce death rates by as much as 80%. I also think that we'll develop new vaccines quickly, in large part due to this new mRNA platform. mRNA will become faster to develop, easier to store, and lower cost. That's a huge breakthrough. To stop future pandemics quickly, we need to be able to spot disease outbreaks as soon as they happen anywhere in the world. And that requires a global alert system. If there turns out to be some new infectious pathogen, then we need a group of infectious disease responders to spring into action. Think of these as like pandemic firefighters. They're going to use their logistics, use their ability to build up capacity quickly. They're going to go wherever that problem is. Stopping the next pandemic will require a big investment. But I think of this as the best insurance policy the world could buy. You can read more about this in our annual All right. So there, there's Bill, there's Bill Gates... All right. And um, he's saying, oh, we need like a some some pandemic firefighters here. And mm-hmm. one of the interesting things that he says is, is that, you know, we want to take and be able to identify this. We can test 20 percent of the population, what, every so many minutes or every day or something like this. And it reminds me, Kate, I sent you that uh, the, the film that we put out um we we showed the trailer yeah the songbird film it reminds me of that i guess what they're going to do is like every day when you get up you're going to take your little device and you're going to stick it to your head and it's going to verify whether or not you can go outside or not or whether you've got you know whatever virus they say you've got and you're going to trust that little device that they program that you just talked about dr corbett uh, in the situation where they don't even have complete models, you're just going to trust this incomplete information for your health. Uh, what, what do you say to that? Well, I think first of all, hang on. First of all, I say, who the hell is Bill Gates? He's not Dr. Kevin Corbett. He's not got a PhD. He's not got he's a standing yeah. there in his bad sweater. Why are we listening to him? <laughs> and what's more, that's the first thing. And then he said at the end, the crucial line at the end, it's the best that money, money, you know, can, money buy. can buy. He wants yep. us all to pay for it. Why are we listening to that Muppet? Well, I, I have that question, a, too. A character. It's a cartoon character that we're all supposed mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm not believing any of this anymore. If he was really who he is and he was out there, surely by now he'd have been bundled into a van somewhere with a bag over his head because there's mm-hmm. enough of the population immensely disliking him. And his Gates Foundation has already killed loads of Indian babies. Yes, yes. it has. Yep. That's why they've been and, Afri- from- and African children, too. African yeah, children so, as well. Uh, you know, why are we listening to that rubbish? Why is that even getting airtime? He's not Dr. Kevin Corbett. Well, I mean, he's getting airtime because he's got mega billions and and he's got, you know, he's funding the World Health Organization and all, and he's funding so many universities globally to produce the so-called evidence to support what he's saying. And what's interesting about that clip, Tim, is... All the military metaphors, military airplanes, people in white suits. It's all military warfare. 
metaphors about... And there was no public. Did you see? There was no public in the video. Oh, yeah. It was just medics, fire, mm. it was all police yeah. officers. Sure. Oh, are, they, what, are the public all dead? The major thing that that rests on, the whole basis of that clip, is this false belief in this technology that's going to save us. So the technology mm. becomes God. We shift from God to medical technology as our savior. And so, you know, and this is a shift you've seen in society, really. You can feel it, you can see it, you can evidence it with hard numbers. People place their faith in medical science, not in God. And if you do that, you're totally vulnerable to the propaganda and to the science, the, 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 the deficits of medical technology, it will not save you. It will diagnose you. It will tell you you've got something wrong with you when you probably haven't. It will give you false hope. It will shift your belief in your own body and your own natural resources to this false technology, which has to be rapidly replaced, rapidly replaced, we're not just talking about one vaccination now. They're talking about several each year. They're getting people used to the lockdown as a way of life, like they live in China. Thank you very much. We don't want to live like they do in China. And so all this is coming in through this, this, these sorts of propagandizing videos. Bill Gates, if, you, if he disappeared tomorrow, there'd be something else there. You know, um, it'd be another Muppet. There'd be another global um, leader created to, to shift people's you know, belief. Shifting their belief from traditional uh, values and traditional networks and traditional belief structures to these false ones, these medical technological structures, which we're told will save us, but they won't save us. They haven't saved us. They haven't worked. Yep. They haven't worked Absolutely. for 40 years. And it's this suicide. It's, it's a, to, to switch from the belief system of your body, of food is your medicine, which it is. That's why it's all there. Yep. We, we know evidence of that. There are endless studies, even Linus Pauling on the, um, you know, that we've talked about this. The Linus. Yeah. The sailors of the UK that used to get scurvy, and how did they cure it? With vitamin C. They sucked limes when they went to sea. So mm. what it is to move away, as, as Dr. Corbett said, from, from the creator, from what is natural, and move into that whole, that whole science, it's, it's really clever. You're going to kill yourself. Yep. That's Kate. what it is. You're going to put all your faith in all of these toxins being injected into you, and there is nothing in those vaccines that is of any use to the human body, but they are all harmful. There's none of them in there that aren't harmful. Every single ingredient is harmful. And you're going to carry on drinking your alcohol en masse, going to those horrible fast food joints and eating all the junk and sugar and everything else, sugar that switches your immunity off. That's okay, they keep all of those places open. You're going to switch your belief system away from the creator, Genesis 121, everything you need, you shall find in the seeds of the fruits of the trees. I don't think most of the population that go to these places even know that. 
and you're going to yep. kill yourself. You're going to kill yourself. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Utter evil genius. The devil's reign on this earth, the biggest deception was it was letting us all believe he doesn't exist. Oh, he's here, all right, and he wants <laughs> to leave with as many souls as he can. Absolutely. And you're going to hand them over because he doesn't want to just rob them because that's you'll still go before your creator. He doesn't want to rob them. He wants you to hand them over. And yeah. that's what you're doing. Yeah. You're handing them over. And you're handing your children's over as well. God forbid. Yeah, Kate, let me add one more thing here because <clears throat> I wanted to get to uh, just a touch of this lockdown stuff. Now, you sent me a video this week. People, <clears throat> I I thought to myself, this looks like a kidnapping. You're going to know what I'm talking about when you see it. It looks like a kidnapping is taking place. This lady... All right, that you're about to see, surrounded by four or five cops, they come into her house. This is, uh, I don't know specifically where this happened, but it happened in England. And this lady... Might be Scotland. ...was singing in her garden. She was singing in her garden, and I want you to take a look at what goes on. Right, again, you pushed away past me, right? You had no right, you had no right to come into my property. Yeah, we did. No, you didn't. Like you are blood men. Yeah? I'm in no jurisdiction with you or with the council. All these cops are coming in here because the lady was singing in her garden. There's, there's, there's there's no point. Right, keep filming. Yes, there is. I've got my kids in the house. Well, because somebody has tested me poor that I've ordered food and I've been singing in my garden. You're because this a lot worse we're allowed yourself. to do that because we have actually got human rights, freedom of speech. Yeah? <laughs> Sorry, I've got a problem. Right, go on, let's go. Yeah. Move out of the way, please. I didn't think so. No, we're having a right. He's supposed to go. Where's the road on the paper? Now watch what they do. England, this is why you need to be armed. England, this is why you need to be armed. This is a kidnapping. They are falling all over the kids, all over these people, because the lady was singing in her garden. These are the new Nazis. All these guys doing this right here, they can talk about doing their job all they want to. There's no crime being committed. None. No, look at those guys. They young guys. Look at them. And look at them. I mean, this is, it's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy what's going on there. Is the, this is now the duty of the British police, the United Kingdom police, to terrorize its own population. The government, the United Kingdom government led by Boris Johnson and also the devolved governments like Nicola Sturgeon's in Scotland are responsible for this, Northern Ireland and Wales. 
And they need to be made accountable for things like this. This is terrorism happening in people's living rooms. And the, any American, and I mean United States population, seeing that video, this is what's coming to you if it hasn't already. This is what your federal government are going to be doing to you because Biden's been put in place by Chinese forces, basically, to rule your country and to, to exert that sort of control over the population. People in this country are now fighting against this. Very, it's very hard to fight against this. As you say, we're not in the same constitutional context as the United Kingdom. We don't have amendment. We don't have number two. I think it's amendment constitution number two, right. which Second allows you to uh, carry arms. It's very hard in this country to arm yourself. But even with arms, Tim, most of the British population would not pull a gun on the, on, on the police. The police in this country are not armed, generally. They are usually, uh, we have this policing by consent in this country. The Police and Criminal Evidence Act 1984 is based on the concept of policing by consent. And what you see there, and we take that that video is valid and is not an action, not a a construction, it's sure. not a not film. Let's just assume it's correct and that it is what we see it as, because there are some que questions over all these videos, but let's just assume it is what we see it as. Then those police officers are acting based on secondary legislation in this country. That means these are rules. There haven't been laws passed by primary legislation by Act of Parliament. They've been brought in by the back door under the Public Health Act 1984. They haven't even been brought in under the Coronavirus Act. And they haven't enacted the Civil Contingencies Act in this country last year. They created the Coronavirus Act like an enabling act, and they used that to bring in secondary legislation by the back door. They said that, that, that uh, SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, wasn't highly contagious infectious disease, so they didn't need to enact the Civil Contingencies Act. Because if they had the Civil Contingencies Act in this country enacted, activated, Parliament would have been looking at this every couple of weeks very stringently, and you wouldn't have had what you've seen on film there. You wouldn't have had this terrorising of the British public in their own living rooms, Dr. To Corbett. singing in their own gardens. Yeah, in Dr. Corbett, we we got to we got to close out we got to close out the show. Um, people will be able to find your website as well as Kate's uh, website and her information as well in the archives later this morning. Uh, sorry to have to cut you off. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, but you'll be able to find that in the archives this morning, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Thank you both for coming on again. Looking forward to having you back uh, very soon. And you guys have a great weekend. Don't miss Monday, 6 a.m., retired Lieutenant Colonel Michael Bell and dealing with the police. See ya.